it's time for the movie people Podcast, yeah It's time for the movie people, TV people, no more evil Season 3, now that's the sequel, yeah It's time for the movie people Movie people, ah It's time for the movie people, TV people, no more evil, season 3, now that's the sequel, yeah. Hey guys, welcome to the Movie People Podcast. You know, um, I wasn't actually gonna make an episode this week. Um, my parents are in town, and we usually record these on Saturday mornings. I didn't think I would have that much time on Saturday mornings, so I wasn't going to do an episode this week. I really wasn't. But then, Todd Phillips came around, so... And this is the only thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about... And, and I don't have... Usually, when something like this happens, I try to get the full quote. I'm not that prepared today. I don't know the exact quote of what he said, but I believe he was asked um, if he was ever going to do a comedy again. After and if you don't know, Todd Phillips is the director of Joker that comes out yesterday or two days ago. Um, the interviewer asked him about making comedies. He he directed The Hangover in the past, and he was like, "Do you think you would make comedies again?" And basically, he had came back and said that he would never make a comedy again because comedies don't work today, which. It's just so dumb. It's just so dumb. And and I'm sorry, I'm, there's going to be a lot of ums in here. Uh, my thoughts aren't really composed. And also, I very much fell asleep at 3 a.m. today, so it's not going to be a very structured thoughts on any of this. But it's just... It just feels like such a... Such a bad way of thinking of things. It's just like... You can't... Just because you don't like the comedies that come out today doesn't mean that all comedies are bad. Like, I, and I don't like every comedy that comes out today, but Booksmart was well-received. Good Boys is well-received. Blockers is well-received. Um, um, and, and I mean, there's 21 Jump Street. 22 Jump Street came out uh, pretty soon. And there's all these comedies. And the fact that he thinks, and his main point was that he feels like he can't really tell a joke, that people are just going to be offended or whatever, but it's like, you can be, like, crude. You can even be pretty offensive, but it has to be done in a smart way. You can't just say things that are terrible and just leave them out there as, ter as those terrible things and have no consequences for those things and get away with it anymore. And I think that's what he's mad at, but really, that's if you're a filmmaker, you have to evolve to those types of things like like I feel like when you're making a movie you have to no matter who you are if you're Martin Scorsese if you're Christopher Nolan if you're Quentin Tarantino you can have your things that you do which make you a filmmaker which is your style on things but you have to be able to adjust and be like this is the way the audience reacts to films nowadays I can't make a film like I did in 2009, because it might not hit with a 2019 audience the same way that it would hit with 2009 audience. So when he's like, comedy is dead, um, I don't think anyone can make a funny comedy anymore. It's really, Todd Phillips can't make a funny comedy anymore. It's because he, 
he can't put in a joke like an excuse um, my language, but it's the only way to say it. Like in Hangover, when he says, uh, Bradley Cooper just rolls up to Ed Helms' house and says, uh, paging Dr. Faggot. I mean, that's not a good joke. It probably wasn't in 2009, but it's definitely not in 2019. And I feel like those are the types of things it's like, I, I can't be crude, just to be crude, because I think it's funny, and my close circle of friends thinks it's funny. So I can't make comedies anymore. And that's really, that's really simple-minded. Um, and if you're going to consider yourself to be a really good director, I don't think you can really have that mindset. That, and, and now he's doing the Joker, too. Because the thing is, it's like... Hangover, The Hangover is a movie, I don't know in 2019 that it works, because The Hangover was a very 2009 to me, because I watched The Hangover recently, and it didn't really register with me, and it wasn't something where it was like, oh, I'm so offended by these jokes, or this is too crude, this is too nasty, this is, there's no, like, art in this, it was just, the jokes don't land for me anymore and I know it does for some people I know let's take The Office The Office is a show which has actually gained popularity in or recently actually more than it had when it came out in a time where those jokes were more like okay like Michael says some really really bad terrible things to a lot of these co-workers but it it's always conveyed in a way where it's seen as this is inappropriate, awkward, bad behavior, just not from a bad person. That seems to be the office's message. And I think that's why people can still connect today and be like, okay, Michael Scott, like the things he's doing is bad, but they're funny because he's still like a good character and the office still generally has a pretty good message but I think Todd Phillips is just like I should be able to write whatever I want and whatever and people should just accept it and and it's true to a point Todd Phillips should be able to write whatever types of jokes he wants but I mean you also have to be able to take the criticism like one tweet that I saw that I thought was really good was uh, this woman wrote the reason that people think that um, that times are changing and everyone's becoming a lot more sensitive to a lot of things is that a lot of groups, marginalized groups or people that didn't really have a voice to like echo their concerns or opinions about films or movies or politics or anything like that now do through social media like now I can, now a group of people can get something tuning on social media and then people can find it and then people can be like oh I actually agree or I disagree with that topic and because of that I mean a lot of people's opinions are now being heard that weren't heard before and it's just something that filmmakers are just gonna have to deal with now you can't just like John Oliver, and this is kind of getting off topic, John Oliver has a fully white um, 
writing staff right now. Or not fully white, but like predominantly white writing staff. And he wins the Emmy every year. And every year he comes up with this whole team and it's all white people. And I mean, for a long time it didn't matter. The Daily Show probably had all white people when it won its 10 Emmys in a row. But the, but you have to know now that it's like people are going to feel a certain way about certain things. They want to see people that look like them, that act like them, that share some of their ideals. They want to see that represented in pop culture. And, and that's getting like a little bit off topic, but like when, to relate it back to like Todd Phillips and his concerns, it's just like you have to be able to take in different types of criticisms and it's like you have to adapt you as the filmmaker can't say I am just going to make my certain type of film and I don't care what the audience thinks because that's just not how it works if I make a restaurant I can't make a food that I think is good and that my friends think is good and if there's a large segment of the population that thinks it's nasty uh, then you're gonna have to do something about it you can't just say oh well I think it's good. I like it. I'm a. I'm an expert. Um, I'm gonna do what I want to do. You have to take in other people's other people's concerns, and Todd Phillips can't do that. So, I mean, I, I don't have the full quote on me. Um, I hope I didn't misquote him, but that was that was just something that I was just like, just I'm just so tired of this because I, I I'm not gonna give like an opinion on cancel culture as a, as a as a whole, um, because I am, I am not firmly, and really not on any issue, am I firmly on one side or the other, because I think they're, both sides have, like, issues and stuff, but just, I am kind of tired of these people who, anytime they get any bit of criticism, any bit of flack about anything that they're doing, just take it as, Oh, that's just that's just millennials. That's just cancel culture. That's just um, that's just yeah. And they just throw it to the side because it's like people are telling you criticisms about you and your film. Try to get better. Don't discard it. That's my biggest problem with Todd Phillips. And then I saw the Joker. Um, I saw the Joker on Thursday today. I'm doing this on Saturday morning, pretty early. Um, You know, we didn't talk about the Joker too much on this podcast, but it's it's been it's been the marketing for this has been going for so I remember when when it got announced, everyone was kinda of iffy about it. Do we want a Joker origin story? Does it make sense? No one will be able to live up to Heath Ledger. And then they announced Joaquin Phoenix and it was like, okay, Joaquin Phoenix is a really good actor, maybe he could do his own take on it. Then Todd Phillips was attached and then they started releasing some of the set photos, and then they released about a thousand posters and five trailers for this thing, and then it just kept ramping up and ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. And then it premiered at Venice or TIFF or one of those, and it won the grand jury prize. And everyone was like, oh man, Joker was going to be the best movie of the year. Then it went to the other one, I think it was TIFF, and then it got more mixed reviews, and people were like, oh, oh, and then there was this whole controversy around the, the, what this film portrays and if that's something that should be put into society right now. Um, but 
and all this has been ramping up, and there's been so much coverage around the Joker. And so finally, I went to see it on the Thursday night preview, which I don't think I've ever done before. Um, I went to see it on at Thursday at 7. And I hate this movie. I really do. I really, I wish I could say, well, my worst thing in a movie is if it, if it makes me feel nothing, Joker is better than that. It did make me feel a certain way, but the problem with this movie, this movie is about two hours. I think the first hour, 15 minutes, is needlessly boring. Like, really, really boring. Like, there were points in the film where I, like, first was um, tindering on um, sleepness. <laughs> that's not, that's not, tindering on sleepness is not a thing. But, uh, yeah, but there was parts where I was getting kind of tired. I was like, where is this going? And then, um, and then there was a lot of parts that were, like, kind of confusing because it switches between, like, real stuff and, like, stuff that he's, like, imagining. And I was like, I don't really know why this is in the film because it didn't serve any purpose. And then um, Joaquin's character, just in general, it's Joaquin Phoenix's character in here, the Joker. Um, name's Arthur Fleck. He has uh, a disease, maybe? A condition. He has a condition where... He laughs in inappropriate situations, like, no matter if it's funny or if it's actually a really serious situation, he's gonna laugh through it. And that, that's something that I was actually pretty interested in, I was like, okay, I want to see how they deal with this in the film, but the problem is that's basically his whole performance. Like, I think if you do like a, a minute analysis, Half of the time that Joaquin Phoenix is on screen, he is, um, you know, frowning because he's sad, laughing because he's sad, or dancing for some reason. And that's like the whole thing. And then for this first hour and 15 minutes, because there's some interesting stuff that happens at the end, but the first hour and 15 minutes, it's just that. It's just boring. And then it's just like the same stuff over and over again. And, and they're trying to show that, I think. That, that society is just beating down on Walking Phoenix's Joker. So when society is the antagonist, Joker is the protagonist. You could probably feel that from the trailers. But just when you're almost watching it, it's just, it just feels like... I mean, people who don't even feel like they would exist, like, there's a part in the film minor, minor spoilers, so if you're like, really want to come in this film with nothing, um, mute me for 30 seconds. But there's a part in this film where these three Wall Street guys are on a train or whatever, it's kind of in the trailer, and then of all, they all of a sudden, they start singing some clown song, I forget, and then they just start like, they know this clown song from memory, and then they're going and beating up the joke, and I'm like, what is this? Dude, this, this doesn't feel real. They had a real chance, I think, with this film to show. is like, this is how society can really beat down on the mental psyche of a mentally impaired person. I think that's what this film really could have done. And sometimes I think it tries to do that. But it just came off like, just, you know, 
people are terrible. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem with it. I'll, I'll just get into it. The, the message of this film, first of all, it's so muddled. Like, I, I don't think Todd Phillips could tell you what the message of this film is. I really don't. Because at point, it's like, maybe it's that society needs to treat people with mental illnesses better. And then I'm like, okay, that's one thing that we could maybe go for. And then there's some other things. I'm not going to get too into it because I'm going to save it. I think next week we're going to have a real chill with actual other people and then we're going to do a spoiler review. But I, it's just the messaging, the message that happens in this film is, first of all, yes, it's muddled. It's, there's a lot of different messages. I don't know if Todd Phillips really knows what he wanted to convey. And then also... The ending, the message that can be conveyed from the ending, I think, is a message that shouldn't, that is very dangerous to be putting out in the world in 2019. And I don't blame Todd. I won't blame Todd Phillips if anything happens. It's not the responsibility of the filmmakers be, um, to for the audience to be moral. I think that's Walking. I try to. I think that's Walking Phoenix's quote. Something like that. It's not the responsibility of the filmmakers for the audiences to act moral. So anything that happens, I don't blame that on Todd Phillips. But you do have to be cognizant. You're a major film director. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Maybe tens of millions of people are going to see this movie. Hundreds of millions of people might see this movie. You have to be cognizant of what message you're putting out in the world. Because you can't act like movies don't make a difference. Because they do. It wouldn't be a billion dollar industry that movies don't make a difference like because how many people live or have a different when like one of these films come out like um or, or like one of these films that show like a very serious issue that deals with like rape or death or any of these serious issues how many people can connect to that or how many people can even on the lighter side they can watch a Marvel movie and they can just be like this is just bringing joy to my life and this is just like a nice escape or when you're when you have these kids and or if there's little kids and they see Iron Man and they're like so joyful and that's what their view on life is I want to be like Iron Man I want to be like Captain America and and this movie's rated R so kids shouldn't see this I honestly don't think anyone I don't think anyone under 17 should see this like I don't, our ratings aren't usually my thing, but like, no one under 17, I think, his brain is fully developed enough to take what's in this film, contemplated in a way that's sick. I really don't. I, yeah, so I, I wouldn't say anyone under 17 should watch it, but I, I do get scared. Someone might watch this movie and say, well, Society might be treating me in a bad way 
society, I've been bullied. I've been mistreated. I don't have many friends. No one's talking to me. I want to be like the Joker. That guy seems cool. That's dangerous. That's really, really dangerous. And that's something that Todd Phillips is going to have to live with. And, and it's just that you have to be cognizant of the message that you're putting out there in the world. Because I, I don't think Todd Phillips wants anything bad to happen. I don't think Todd Phillips is a bad guy. But you have, you have to be cognizant of that stuff. And that was just something where I was watching the ending of this film, and I'm not going to spoil it, but I was just like, this is very, very problematic if people take this the wrong way. Because I can see someone might watch this film, and they can explain to me what the message of the film is, or what they think the message of the film is, and it might be a positive one. Something that people can take into the world and and do good with, but everyone interprets things differently. And you just, I just think you really, if you're going to do a film like The Joker, especially The Joker of all of them, because any villain movie is hard. And a movie that stars a, a villain, which really I don't think has been done before, really to this level. Um, any film like that is hard, but then you're gonna pick the Joker, the most maniacal, twisted villain ever, and then you're gonna like do this spin on him. You have to be very, very, very careful. And I wish Todd Phillips had just been a little more careful, because uh, I don't know. But um, but just in terms of the movie, um, let me. I'm going to actually take some time. I need to mention this person. Her name... Hilder Guanadotir. Hilder Guanadotir. Okay, I messed it up. Look up the composer of Joker. Uh, absolutely amazing score. Absolutely amazing cinematography. And some good camera work in this. Um, I, I can see... From a filmmaking technical aspect, I can see why everyone's raving about this film. It is very, very well made, um, especially with the cinematography and the score. Um, I watched it in Dolby, so so that might have enhanced it a little bit for me, but those things really popped out on the screen for me as being really, really good. So props to them. I like those technical aspects of it. Joaquin Phoenix gives... He gives a good performance. I Now... Stop comparing with the Heath Ledger. Just don't. I mean, Heath. First of all, the characters are so different. Joaquin Phoenix doesn't have an ounce of the charisma that Heath Ledger's Joker had. Also, Heath Ledger's Joker was already Joker. He was he was this big, huge villain. He had all these people on his side. He was manipulating all these things. He was like this big boss or whatever. Joaquin Phoenix's character isn't that. He's a lot more, he has a lot more grounded of the story. He's a lot more small scale. So they're really hard to compare. But also, Heath Ledger's Joker is the most iconic performance of all time in my opinion. In terms of someone taking the character and just completely reshaping what it was. 
Joker was a popular villain before Heath Ledger. And then Heath Ledger did it, and it became the quintessential villain of all time. So, Joaquin Phoenix is great. Um, if he wins the Oscar for this, that's good for him. He was good in The Master. Um, but he was great in her. So, if he wins this Oscar, I'm going to say he won it for her. But, yeah, keep, keep Heath Ledger's name after that in terms of comparison with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is great. Not, not Heath Ledger. He's just not. But, it, all in all, uh, uh, Joker's just such a frustrating film. It just really is. It, it, because, yeah, the first half is pretty boring, pretty monotonous. And then the second half is extremely problematic and difficult. So, I know this will be a controversial thing. Uh, I, I, I'm still one of the only people I know who didn't like this movie. Um, but tell me what you think. I mean, really. Um, I know it's a bit of work, but if you go to the link description in this episode, you can find, um, uh, what's it called? If you, like, press the more, it's like voice messages. That's what it's called. Send me a voice message. You have to make an Anchor account. It takes, like, a few seconds, but you can go. You can record a voice message. I'll put it on the next show. I want to talk about it. You, you can tell me. David, you're stupid. This movie was awesome. You're dumb. Let me respond. Tell me what you think. Um, I want to hear. And the last thing, before I go, I actually do have to go soon. Um, Martin Scorsese. This is something I want to talk about. I wasn't going to bring this up, but this is kind of dumb too. Martin Scorsese said, uh, some, some interviewer, the interviewer baited him. I don't like these type of questions. The interviewer asked him about Marvel movies. And he said that Marvel movies weren't cinema. They weren't cinema. What does that mean? Really? What is cinema? Like, that just seems so... so elitist to me. So, like, mm, Marvel movies, they don't have um, five-minute-long scenes that don't contribute to the story like I do. They don't have really long scenes of dialogue. It's like, Marvel movies, oh, that's just people punching each other and making quips. That's not cinema. What? What is that? That's so... It's just... Uh, it's just such a terrible... Scorsese. Because a lot of people are saying he's just jealous. Martin Scorsese isn't jealous. He made... He made good films. He made, he made the world. Martin Scorsese is one of the most accomplished directors of all time. He's not jealous of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it's just a lot of these old, especially older filmmakers, it's just like, they're just so dismissive of anything that's not like cookie cutter, or not cookie, but anything that's just like challenges the old way of doing things. And again, what is cinema? What's the difference? In game, successfully, I didn't love Endgame, but Endgame successfully encapsulated 10 years worth of movies and uh, story arcs from all of those movies into one movie which successfully capped off a saga, a 10-year franchise saga and a connected universe. And you're saying, that's not cinema? And what is? Roma? Is Roma cinema? Is Get Out and Us cinema? 
Because it's prestige. Because these actors go and they yell at each other and they cry. Is that cinema? Come on. Come on, Martin Scorsese. You're better than that. Um, yeah. What <laughs> cinema? I'm gonna bring that up next week. Oh, I bet you some people are gonna yell at me. What is cinema? I think that we should do that as a starting topic for next week. What is cinema and what is not cinema? What's just a movie and what's not a movie? This is all, this is all stupid questions. All movies are cinema. They're just in differing degrees of goodness. Um, oh well. I'm very tired. You can probably tell that from my voice. So, next week, I'm going to come on. We're going to have a real show. It's going to be hopefully a whole bunch of different people, a whole bunch of different opinions. We're going to do a spoiler review of Joker. We're going to talk about this critics talk a little bit more. We're going to talk a little bit about Gemini Man. And then um, we're going to talk about some of our favorite villains. Who did it well, who did it not well. Um, but with that, I'm David Isles. I don't know if I said that at the beginning. Oh well. But I'll be back next week. See you later. Goodbye.